everyone, and welcome to Chatting with Chemeketa, the show where we talk about everything related to the college, whether you're someone considering coming to Chemeketa, a current student, an alum, a member of the community, or part of our local business and industry, we've got you covered. My name is Jessica Howard, and I'm the president of Chemeketa, and I'd like to introduce Les Wilgus. I'd like to thank Chemeketa, and we went through this just a second ago, and so I'm going to try to pronounce it correctly. I'd like to thank you to be a part of the KMZ team, because this has been kind of coming for a long time, so, you know, it's, I'm glad. I'm excited to do this. So it is a pleasure to be a part of the show. What we're going to do in this first segment, I'm just going to jump right into it because there's only so much time. Uh, we're going to first lead into financial aid in general, but then specifically going to go through the, and I'm reading this, so... Let me read the acronym correctly, F-A-F-S-A, which is the Federal Financial Aid Application, which apparently it's a little more complicated than one might think. That's exactly right, Les. It's, we actually affectionately, or maybe not so much, we refer to it as the FAFSA. And this is something that is absolutely key to accessing all that the community college can offer to our community members. And it is something that it's wonderful to have an expert on hand to really demystify. And we just happen to have that guy with us today, our financial aid guru who knows everything about financial aid, when to apply, how to apply, some of the great programs that have deadlines you don't want to miss. But I don't want to give it all away. I want to introduce our tremendous financial aid expert and director and executive dean, Ryan West. So welcome, Ryan, to Chatting with Chemeketa. How do you feel today? You excited to be on the show? Thanks, Jessica. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate the invite from you and Les and glad that we can talk about financial aid and hopefully help demystify some of the processes that can be a little overwhelming for some of our students, whether they're straight out of high school or coming back from work in the community. There's a a lot of different advice out there on financial aid, and hopefully we can streamline some of that today. Thanks, Ryan. Take it away. So I think at the core level, what I'd want people to know more than anything about financial aid is that there is financial aid available. Sadly, in my 20 plus years as a financial aid administrator, there are still students out there and families out there who just believe they can't afford to go to college. And college is a big investment. That is absolutely true. But there is help out there in the form of financial aid to help students from all backgrounds, from all socioeconomic statuses, from all places to be able to access their college education. And really the start of that is you need to apply. You've got to get going out there. So if you're still in that phase where you're investigating colleges, you'll want to look at schools like Chemeketa and see what kind of programs that we have and apply to those programs for admission. And then you really want to get started right away on the financial aid application. And that is the FAFSA, as was mentioned earlier, which is the free application for federal student aid. And really, I couldn't emphasize more the word free in that. It does not cost money to apply for financial aid, nor should you ever pay any money to apply for financial aid. So the FAFSA is really the key to the financial aid process for most of our students. And within that, students always ask, so, you know, do I only need to do the FAFSA once? Unfortunately, no. It is an annual process. You do have to fill out the FAFSA every year. It typically launches in October. So for those of you listening with uh, high school students or your high school senior out there, you're going to do 
do the FAFSA the fall of your senior year as soon as you can after October 1st because some funds are limited. And so they go to the people who qualify first in the order that they applied. So you do want to get your application in early. And then subsequently, every year on October 1st, the new year application launches and you'll want to file the FAFSA again. I would also like to just take a moment to mention there are other options for some of our students who may not qualify for federal financial aid. So perhaps they have DACA protection or they're an undocumented student, but they've gone to school their life in Oregon. There is an Oregon student aid application, the ORSA, available to consider students for Oregon-based financial aid that is available to help pay for school as well. So again, regardless of your background here, there are options for you. So Ryan, there are two application paths then, the FAFSA and the ORSA. That is correct. And you just need to do one or the other. Generally, it's pretty clear uh, which one to do based on the actual websites themselves, the FAFSA website, the ORSA website. But certainly the Chemeketa Financial Aid Office is happy to help any student figure out which is the appropriate application path for them. Is there any way to cover your bets? I mean, can you do both and then just see what happens? Or do they fight? Or I mean, yeah. I mean you know, sometimes I think of when you need have medical bills <laughs> and then, you know, the hospital wants to get their money and then someone else does too. And then they, they don't even know how to talk to each other. So now how does that work? Absolutely. So the good news is um, it is pretty streamlined here in that if you fill out a FAFSA, you're going to be considered for all the federal financial aid and for the state of Oregon financial aid. So by listing your address, you're going to get that information. For students who just fill out the ORSA, that information only comes to the state of Oregon because they're not eligible for federal financial aid. So generally, one or the other, we do see students who fill out both. It doesn't really stop anything or hurt anything. There is no benefit benefit to it, though. So just a little bit of extra time. So Ryan, what financial aid is available? Are we talking about actual grants that you don't have to pay back? Or is this more loans? Or how? what what are the sort of the the universe of options? Yeah, that's a great question. And really, it's sort of a a potpourri of of options. So the FAFSA is your one application for uh, grants, which are free money, typically based on your family's household size and your income. So money for college that you don't need to pay back. But it also is your application for student loans. And so this would be money that you would borrow and repay once you finish your college program and you're out working in the world. Um, You would repay the money that you borrowed with interest. And lastly, work-study. So work-study is a program where you could work in a part-time job, typically on campus or in a community service position off campus, and earn some of your financial aid. It works very much like any other part-time job, but it is technically a financial aid source, so you would have to be awarded work-study to qualify for it. So those uh, three categories, grants, loans, and work-study, are all what you're applying for. But there is a fourth category that's important, and that's scholarships. Mm -hmm. So scholarships are probably the type that most students are familiar with, right? Free money based on talent, merit, skill, ability, competition, something that sets you apart from other applicants. And scholarships are available from uh, colleges and universities, from civic organizations, churches, employers, lots of different places. And so students do need to spend some time searching for scholarships uh, and applying for them because the application processes are all a little different. But anytime you can get free money to pay for college, you certainly should. And what what kind of costs do the financial aid help cover? 
Yeah, it could cover quite a few costs. So the the big one that most people think of first are tuition and fees, right? So if one. you come to college, there's going to be a charge that pays for faculty to teach your classes and staff uh, to to be there to help with things like the FAFSA and your building. So for so those costs certainly uh, financial aid can help pay those, but it also helps with your books, your textbooks, your materials, supplies for your. Co- uh, classes. It can help with all of that. It can help pay your rent and help with food, transportation, and personal costs. So we put all of those together in, in an estimate called the cost of attendance to determine what amount of financial aid we'd like to offer you. We can't always offer students the full amount to cover all of those costs, but we certainly strive to do that. So Ryan, I've heard of this thing called the Oregon Promise. Wondered if you could tell us what that is all about. Yeah, the Oregon Promise uh, was an initiative started in 2016. And it was initially billed as free community college tuition. And it's not quite that. That's not the best description of it. But it does pay a pretty solid chunk of community college tuition in Oregon for students who have just recently graduated from high school or finished their GED and roll directly into a community college program. And so this program does require a little separate application. The Oregon Promise is administered by the Oregon Office of Student Access and Completion. And you do have to apply for the Oregon promise when you're near the end of your high school experience or finishing up your GED. And you also have to fill out a FAFSA or an ORSA. And it is basically one more type of financial aid available for students. The really good part about the Oregon Promise is it's not need-based. And this means that anyone at any income level can qualify for the Oregon Promise grant. So it's free money for college that regardless of your income, you could get if you apply for it and meet all those qualifications. So Ryan, it sounds like with the Oregon Promise, timing is essential. It is. So there is a very specific window that you would need to apply for Oregon Promise. Um, Generally, it opens in the fall. And for high school seniors, they need to apply by June. It's a little more variable if you graduate mid-year or if you're a GED student because you may finish your GED at any time during the year. But their website, the Oregon Promise website, has a very clear rubric out there as to when you would need to apply to be considered for that Oregon Promise grant. Well, that's not bad. I mean, you're saying anywhere between, was it October to June? Of the year before they go into correct, yeah, it's a pretty long application it period. I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's really good. Yeah, you know, so it's a great option for that, students. You can't hit that window then. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what about the Chemeketa Foundation scholarships? Yeah, so definitely the Chemeketa Foundation offers a whole slew of scholarships for students pursuing any type of educational opportunities here at the college. So whether you're pursuing a general education transfer degree or you're in one of our career technical programs, the Chemeketa Foundation likely has a scholarship option for you. We've created a really simple, streamlined application process where you only have to fill out one application, and then the the foundation staff behind the scenes will help match you to the criteria for the many different scholarships donated by alumni, partners, businesses, other supporters of Chemeketa. So it's a fantastic option and something students should fill out every single year that you're considering Chemeketa. Even if you weren't picked in a previous year, the circumstances and the scholarships are always changing. That sounds wonderful. So how does all of this relate to picking your major? And do you do the financial aid piece first and then do you get advising? 
That That's great. And the timing of what comes first probably isn't too critical other than I would say you want to apply for financial aid as early as possible every year. And whether you've done financial aid first or you're meeting with one of our professional academic advisors or counselors first doesn't necessarily matter which one comes first. But it is great advice to continue to meet with those uh, professional advisors throughout your educational journey because it does help you stay on track and make sure that you're not taking courses that maybe are not necessary for your program or that don't lead you to the path that you're looking down. So one of the best ways that you can move forward in minimizing your expenses for college is to meet with your advisor and ensuring that you're taking only the courses that you need to finish your Chemeketa program. Ryan, what are the options for minimizing costs and maximizing returns in college? So beyond meeting with uh, that advisor, I would say you want to begin with an end in mind. So if you're not exactly sure what you want to do when you go to college, you are not alone. Many students certainly show up here not knowing. Many of us talking right now may not have known what we wanted to do when we first got to college. But you do want to start with some sort of plan here with our advisors, with our counselors. There's great tools. One of my favorite new tools that's available for free on our Chemeketa website is the Career Coach tool, which can help you do a a brief analysis about your interests and strengths and help you see potential career options or academic programs that might meet your needs. And that is available just on the Chemeketa website. You don't have to be a student. Anyone can use it. It does not have an age limit. Anybody you can go out there and take a look at that, and it will help put you into some area as to where you want to study. Now, I'm sure all of you listening have lots of questions about financial aid. It's kind of the question that keeps generating more questions. So please email us at chatter at chemeketa.edu, and we'll answer your questions through email or on an upcoming show. So thank you so much, Brian, for being here and sharing all your knowledge with us. Thanks, Jessica and Les. It was my pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. You really packed it all in. You were very efficient. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. At this point, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back shortly to talk about a brand-new program in Shemekula that everyone is going to want to know about. Do you enjoy helping people and are also interested in a career in health sciences? Consider becoming a pharmacy technician. Employers everywhere are actively seeking trained pharmacy techs. Chemeketa Community College offers hands-on training that will lead to a rewarding career in as little as nine months. What are you waiting for? Visit go.chemeketa.edu pharmacy and apply today. Welcome, everyone, back to Chatting with Chemeketa. Les and I are here. We really enjoyed sharing with you some financial aid information just a bit ago, but now we have two new guests. We're very excited to welcome to the program Marge Jerlowski, faculty member, and Tim Ray, who is a dean with Chemeketa. And so welcome, Marge and Tim. Thanks so much for having us. We're really excited to get to talk about this new program. Yes, thank you. We are very excited to get to tell you about a brand new program here at Chemeketa and one in which Chemeketa is leading the way in Oregon. We'll be the first, actually, to offer this new program and degree. So this is not 
your average degree at a community college in the state of Oregon. Am I right? You are correct. Chemeketa is honored to be the first community college in Oregon offering a bachelor's degree. It will be a Bachelor of Applied Science, and we have chosen for that to be in leadership and management. So is this a bachelor's degree like the kind we think about when we think about going to a four-year university and getting a bachelor's degree. This is an applied bachelor's degree, so a Bachelor of Applied Science, and it's really designed for working people who have already earned an associate's degree from a community college, an associate's of science in a career and technical education field, and have now found inside themselves the desire to move into supervision or management, and now they can come back to Chemeketa as their academic home and earn that bachelor's degree that unlocks their potential to get that promotion into management and leadership. And I think that the idea is the Associate of Applied Science is the first 90 credits towards an 180-degree credit bachelor's, and then we stack the next 90 on that. And those are going to be, you're going to come to class and go back to your workplace and immediately put those things into action based on what we learn in the classroom. It's going to be a very active engaged. We're going to use your work as a case study. So lots of conversation in the context of theory and then how do you put that to work. And this will be a cohort-based program. So we're really excited to be able to offer this opportunity to people from multiple industries and to put them in a cohort together to learn about leadership and how to apply it across industries. So this is not specifically for people in the medical field or people in automotive technology or transportation technology or welding or any of the myriad of associate's degrees that we offer here at Chemeketa and community colleges across the state. It's really meant to bring all of those industries together, look at all of those wonderful technical skills you gained in your applied associates, and add to them that theory, knowledge, and practice in leadership and management. So, Tim, if I'm a student, right, and let's say I go into welding, right? It's a career and technical education degree. And if I do the full degree, it's a two-year Associate of Applied Science or AAS degree. And usually I would go right out into the workforce. That would be the terminal degree. That'd be as far as I could go in this applied field. And then I would go out into the workforce and that would kind of be it. And what you're saying is that's not necessarily the end of the line. We, that is absolutely correct. We still want you to get that associate's degree and go into the workforce. And in two, three, five, ten years, when that something in your brain goes, you know, this has been really awesome. It's afforded me a great lifestyle. But now I think I see in myself the ability to lead people who have done what I have done and to take that next step. Plus, my boss is asking me, hey, have you had thoughts of... I need someone to run the shop, not necessarily to weld anymore. I need someone to run the floor, and I think you might be the person. This is the program. We want to be your academic home to help you really gain that experience, learn those theories, and practice a lot of those skills so you can go to your boss and say, you're right, I am that person. And we had gotten a lot of feedback from area businesses saying they had those people in their employment that except for a little bit of training and leadership and a degree, 
um, were stalled out. And so now we can unstall them and they can help with succession planning at local businesses. They can really, they, we all know, right? We look around, it's that go-to employee that you already <laughs> rely on. Now we're going to bring them in, really hone those skills, give them a degree, and they can take on the world. So what if, so we just mentioned welding. What if I'm getting my two-year Associate of Applied Science degree in digital design? Cool. Come, same, come, yep. same thing. You, as soon as you have an Associate of Applied Science, we want you to have some work experience because these conversations are going to use your work experience as the case studies. So we feel like if you went right from high school into your associates, right into our program, you're going to struggle a little bit. But once you have that, I have a student that's asked me about, she has an Associate of Applied Science that's 16 years old, and she's like, oh, is it too old? I'm like, no, bring it in, apply, and it's going to be too great. Old. Right, exactly. That's what, and, and think of the wealth of experience she can bring into the classroom that will allow us to have really amazing conversations. And so I think that pathway now becomes pretty clear for people that they're out in the workforce, they're ready for that next step of responsibility. So what about like if if I have a a two-year degree in criminal justice or business technology? I mean, these are, or automotive, these are such different programs. That's the exciting part of the program. Think of the classroom where you're going to have a conversation between, we've had interest from law enforcement officers, right? On the street patrol officer sitting next to a firefighter sitting next to a manager of a medical office, having those conversations about different leadership scenarios and what leadership looks like in each of those. The second year, we're going to bring in industry experts. So I'm going out now and meeting people from different sectors and saying, come to class. And so maybe the HR person at Salem Health comes in and talks about what it is like to be in HR, but also in the health industry. And they're going to hear that from all of the sectors in this area, because we want them to go out very well-rounded and not specific knowledge, but very expert across the board and what leadership looks like across all employees. question I have sort of dovetailing with yours is, would there be any two-year degree that would not be applicable? I mean, that would not work for... for the only yeah. thing right now, it needs to be an, an Associate of, of Applied Science. So Associate an a, of an Applied an AAOT Science. doesn't qualify. To someone who hasn't been in college for Sorry, a long the, time. Associate you know, of Transfer. A, so okay. that's someone who came to Chemeketa really striving to get their gen ed requirements out of the way and to transfer to a four-year university right. as a junior. We want them to stay on that trajectory. So and this, to, this does not apply no, to them. No, exactly. Right. This okay. is for working folks who got the, the, we hear all the time from industry in our service district, you guys do an amazing job of giving people awesome technical skills. Mm-hmm. We need them now to take that next level and get those leadership concepts and that management skill down. And again, across sectors. So a little bit of specifics about the degree itself. It's a seven-term program, so two years, but seven terms. So you'll go fall, winter, spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, graduate. That gets you to 180 credits. It's the same credits as any bachelor's degree in Oregon. Again, you have to have an earned associate of science to get into the program. Marge has really designed it to where the first year students will come to class on Tuesday evenings. That's it. You dedicate one night a week to come to class, uh, learn together as that cohort, explore leadership and management concepts as a cohort. The awesome thing about this, and, and I think it's just amazing that Chemeketa, we're going down this road, is leadership and management applies to all of those different industries that we've talked about. 
And now these participants have that awesome experience of learning together on a Tuesday evening, showing up to work on Wednesday and going, oh my goodness, I never realized that's what was happening in my organization before. And Marge and my other instructors have now put a concept to it and given it some context. And now it makes so much more sense. And I can have these deeper level conversations with my employer and the organization. And I see my place in it so much more clearly now. That's what we're really excited about, what this program will do. So of those 90 credits, 45 of them are specific leadership and management courses that we have designed to walk people through that leadership continuum, right, and really expose them to those concepts. We have 30 credits of applied general ed classes that roll in the English, the math, the science, all of those things. It's all embedded in the degree. So you're not taking classes from other parts of the college. It's embedded within the program. And then I'm going to let Marge explain the Flexible 15. We're really excited about this concept and how it can apply differently to every single student who enters the program. And speaking before. Yes. For Marja, apply. When should somebody apply for this program? We're actually going to open up applications hopefully this week. We have a couple of things we need to make sure are ready either this week or next. And then we will make sure that that's out there. And we're going to take applications through May. And we're hoping that uh, we'll have a lot of applications. We're looking for about 20 to 25 people to um, enter that first cohort. And the program begins? So the first two classes will be fall term of 23. So September of 23, they'll actually start with two classes and they'll be taking two classes per term, those seven terms. But they'll be working on both of those classes at the same time with one meeting every Tuesday, six to nine. And then they'll do online work as well. So the majority of the work is online with that one night a week. Face-to-face instruction to really try to drill down and so... We're working really hard to make that face-to-face time really practical, make sure you're ready for the homework. And then the homework is going to be designed to take back to work. So, for instance, in a writing class where you're writing, if you're a report writer or you're a person over here who's working on grant applications, we want that to be applicable. It only makes sense. I mean, for leadership programs, you want, you know, in person, face to face. I mean, how much leadership can you do through Zoom? Well, and that's one reason I'm really excited. Like leadership learning is close to my heart and it's a fun, active, engaged thing to teach. And so that's the thing. I, I don't want my students coming in after working, you know, a 12 hour shift and being asleep in the back <laughs> row. So it's going to be very active, engaged and leaning in kind of learning. So, Marge, if the first cohort, which essentially means the first class, starts this fall, this September, and if it's two courses per term for seven terms, right, so that's fall, winter, spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, the graduating of this group would be June 2025, right? And that would be the, the whole group regardless of what their backgrounds are, because it sounds like anyone who has a CTE, career and technical education, two-year degree already qualifies to come in. So you've already got that two years, and this is another essentially two years on top to get you that bachelor's degree. And then here's my kind of ultimate question. So you get this bachelor's degree, right? And that's wonderful. Is it something that you can maybe build upon to get a master's degree? Is that possible? We've had conversations with some of our university partners in Oregon about the possibility of 
this degree dovetailing and moving into a master's degree in organizational leadership or leadership and management that exists at some of our OUS partners, and we're continuing to have those conversations. They've been very receptive. We don't have anything nailed down yet, but we are having those conversations, and they are very interested because master's degrees in organizational leadership are becoming fairly commonplace. And we're excited to work with, to continue to work with those partners and have something in place by the time our first group graduates. I think we are super excited about this program, aren't we, Les? It is. I mean, I'm sure it gives people who have just your daily grind. Now now you have a little bit further aspirations to do something further in management and leadership and that kind of thing. Well, and and you think about those employers out there who are trying to hang on to the employees they have. And this is a way to invest in their professional development. So now you've got someone who's succeeding you in the business. Well, this is something we could talk about a long time. And, you know, we may come back actually and do a command performance because there, there is so much about this that's really exciting. I want to thank Marge and Tim for joining us today. And Les, I want to, to wish you the very best, Marge and Tim, and all of the new students who are going to hopefully come knocking on our door through that uh, application process beginning in March, right? In March. And we can obviously talk about this anytime you want. We and we can excited. bring in that first graduating class. Yes, How about that? Can. Absolutely. That Absolutely. is great. Well, if you have any of you out there, if you have any questions about what we talked about today, please email us at chatter at chemeketa.edu. And also, while you're at it, send us some comments about the show or suggestions for future topics. And again, that email address is chatter at chemeketa.edu. And so that'll do it for today for this show. And, um, you know, we'll be back soon. Yeah, soon. For Chatting with Chemeketa, I'm Jessica Howard. And I'm Les Wilgus. And we hope you'll tune in next time. Did you know that Chemeketa Community College offers classes that meet almost every need? Whether you prefer learning on your own time at your own pace with online study, enjoy interacting with classmates and instructors, but need to do it remotely, or prefer on-campus instruction, it's your choice when you become a student at Chemeketa. Get started on your future and apply today at go.chemeketa.edu apply.